0: Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: The BBC presents Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in... Paul Temple and the Conrad case. Episode four, A Visit to Innsbruck.
2: I think they'll find Betty Conrad tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. She'll be wearing a blue coat and she'll be dead.
3: But why do you think that?
2: Well, no, it's just a feeling I've got, a, a sort oh, of...
3: Darling, intuition's of my department. You thrive on facts.
2: Yes, I know, but somehow... Saw, sir. Oh, thank you. A coffee, madam. Thank you. Anyway, cheer up, Steve. My intuitions aren't always so hard. I should be more worried if you'd had this intuition instead of me.
0: Mm.
3: Do you intend to go over to Innsbruck this morning?
2: No, we'll leave that for a little later on in the day.
3: But Why? I should have thought it would have been better to go this morning.
2: Well, the fact is, I don't want to leave the hotel just yet. I'm expecting a phone call.
3: Oh?
2: From the school.
3: From Mrs. Weldon? Yes. But you saw her last night. Why should you telephone her this morning?
2: I don't know why until I get the phone call.
3: But you said you were expecting the call.
2: That's right, darling. I am.
3: Oh, Paul, you really are <laughs> exasperating. <laughs> Eat
2: your breakfast, Steve. Are you going
3: straight up to the room, see? Yes. Uh, Mrs. Temple? Oh, good morning, Madam Klein. I'm
4: delivering a parcel for an American lady who is staying in the hotel. Oh,
3: I see. Paul, this is Madam Klein. You remember when I bought my blouse? Oh,
4: yes,
2: yes, of course. How do you do, Mrs. Klein? Uh,
4: Good morning, Mr. Temple. I was just going to ask your wife about Betty Conrad. Is there any news of the poor girl?
2: No, I'm afraid not.
4: Oh, dear.
2: I believe Betty was a customer of yours.
4: Yes, poor child. She was due to call tomorrow at four o'clock to pick up a coat we were making for her.
2: So I understand. But
4: of course, she won't be there now, I'm afraid.
2: If by any chance she does turn up for that appointment, I'd be most grateful if you telephoned me, Madame Pine.
4: Why, yes, of course, Mr. Temple. <laughs> now, I must I go-
2: understand Dennis Harper is also very anxious about Betty Conrad.
4: Harper... I'm afraid I know no one of that name, Mr. Temple. Oh, but surely, madam... I'm sorry.
2: To... I was under the impression that you were the lady who dined with Mr. Harper at the Hotel Reimer. <laughs> I must have been mistaken.
4: Hotel Reimer?
2: At Oberammergau. Oh. It's run by two very nice people named Gunther. They have an unusual gimmick there, by the way. Wait a moment. Ah, here we are. A cocktail stick? Yes. With the head of an Alsatian dog. So I see Have you seen a cocktail stick like this before?
4: Yes, I have. Where? I can't remember where. Oh, yes, there's a shop in Munich next to the post office. I think I saw something like that in the window. I see. Now, if you will excuse me, I must deliver this parcel.
2: Goodbye, Madame Klein. Don't forget to telephone me if Miss Conrad turns up for the appointment. Uh, There you are, Steve. It works beautifully.
3: What's that, darling?
2: I said it works beautifully.
3: I wish you'd switch that thing off. I can't hear a word, you say. (laughs) Ah, that's better.
2: This is the best shave I had for years. I'm
3: glad to hear it. That electric razor of yours has been behaving like a temperamental (laughs) film star ever since we arrived (laughs) here. Paul... I've been thinking about Madame Klein. You do
2: surprise me. No,
3: no, no, I'm serious. Do you think she was lying?
2: About the shop in Munich and the cocktail sticks? Mm. Yes, I'm sure she was. She's been to the Hotel Roymo, all right, and with Dennis Harper.
3: What do you think of her?
2: Oh, I was quite impressed. She's a very intelligent woman, I should imagine. Speaks awfully good English.
3: Yes, Of course, she's years older than Dennis Harper.
2: Yes, I suppose she is, but she's not entirely unattractive.
3: No, I suppose not, if you like that type.
2: Men usually do, darling. Dark, slender, seductive.
3: Oh, oh, I wouldn't exactly call her (laughs) slender.
2: Will you answer that, Steve? If it's Mrs. Weldon, tell her we'll come straight away.
3: Yes, all right. Hello? Hello. Is
5: that you, Mrs. Temple? Yes.
3: This
5: is Mrs. Weldon. Could I speak to your husband, please?
3: Oh, not at the moment. Uh, Can I take a message? Well,
5: I... Do you think he could come along to the school as soon as possible?
3: Yes, I think so, Mrs. Weldon. Has something happened?
5: Yes, but I... I can't tell you about it over the telephone. Do tell your husband to come immediately. Please, Mrs. Temple.
3: Yes, all right. Don't worry. I'll see he gets your message. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well? She wants us to go down to the school straight away.
2: Yes, all right.
3: Paul, what is this? You were expecting that telephone call. What's happened?
2: One of our pupils has disappeared. Another one? Yes.
3: Who is it this time?
2: June Jackson.
3: Oh, no.
5: just can't understand it, Mr Temple. It's a complete mystery.
2: When did you realise June was missing? At
5: breakfast. She wasn't in her place, so I sent one of the girls up to her room. There was no sign of her. Has anyone seen her this morning? Apparently not. I made inquiries at assembly after breakfast, but no one had seen her. I'm most upset.
2: I suppose I ought to cable her people. Oh, I should wait a little, Mrs Weldon. Uh, let's hear a bit more about it first. Uh, could you give me some idea of how she might have left the school without anyone seeing her? Well,
5: her room is on the first floor. I suppose she could easily have climbed down onto the terrace. Or
2: simply walk down the stairs into the entrance hall and let herself out by the front door.
5: Well, yes, she could have done that if there was no one about at the time. If there had been a struggle and she'd screamed... Oh, we should have heard her, Mrs Temple, I'm sure of that. No, I've come to the conclusion that June must have walked out of her own free will. Why? I can't imagine why. Unless in some curious way, June is mixed up with the disappearance of Eddie Conrad.
2: Hmm. Have you told anyone else about this, outside the school, I mean?
5: Uh,
3: Yes, I told Elliot France
2: he happened
5: to telephone me.
3: Had Mr. France any idea why June might want to uh, walk out on you? Of course he hadn't. He told me
5: to get in touch with your husband straight away, Mrs. Temple.
2: Well, I don't quite know what to suggest.
3: Have you searched the girls' room, Mrs. Weldon? Yes, I took a quick look round just after
5: breakfast, but there didn't seem to be anything... But (laughs) perhaps if we went up there now, Paul. Oh, there's
3: Mr. France's car. Excuse me. Mm. Paul, what is the matter with you? Aren't you interested in this new development?
2: Intensely interested. Well, you don't sound it. Well, what would you like me to do, darling? Rush round the room taking fingerprints?
3: I'd like you to ask a few intelligent questions. and Give poor Mrs Weldon the impression that you are at least interested in the case.
0: Ah, good morning, Mrs Temple. Ah. Good morning. I can't tell you how relieved I am to see you. Well, good morning, Franz. So this is a dreadful business. You've no idea what could have happened to June, I suppose. Well, she seems to have disappeared.
5: We already know that, Mr. Temple.
0: I suppose she didn't leave a note or anything.
5: No, there was no message of any kind.
0: Have you searched her room, Temple? I haven't, but I believe Mrs. Weldon has. Well, don't you think it might be a good idea if you did search
2: it? I don't really think so. You didn't find anything unusual in the room, did you, Mrs. Weldon?
5: No. No, everything appeared to be perfectly normal.
2: Well, what do you suggest, Temple? I suggest... You get in touch with the police. With the police? It's uh, yes, the usual uh, procedure in a case but, of this kind. But,
5: but, Mr. Temple, I was relying you on you You to... asked
2: my advice, Mrs. Weldon. I'm giving it to you. Get in touch with Inspector Breckshaft straight away. Come on, darling. I think we'd better get back to Garmish. There are one or two things I want to do this morning.
3: Honestly. Honesty. I should have thought you'd have made some effort to help that poor woman.
2: It so happened there was nothing I could do.
3: Have you really lost interest in this case? If you have, I might just as well go back home.
2: What well, makes you think I've lost interest, Steve?
3: Well, you, you seem to have been up in the clouds all morning.
2: <laughs> Are you complaining, Mrs. Temple?
3: <laughs> no, but... Oh, Paul, there's something very odd about this affair. Oh, how do you mean? Well, in all the other cases mm-hmm. you've investigated... The man behind it all, the, the person responsible, has always shown his hand in some way or other. But, but this person, whoever he is, remains in the background the whole time. We just don't know who we're up against. Paul, what's your real opinion of Breckshaft?
2: Now, why mention Breckshaft?
3: What's your opinion of him?
2: I think he's very bright. Very bright. But, but unfortunately, he doesn't know who he's up against. Do you? Yes, darling, I know. He's up against a person who isn't on any police file. A person who will be utterly and completely ruthless so far as we're concerned. I don't want you to forget that, Steve.
3: I dare say we'll survive.
2: Yes, but will Betty Conrad... your lunch?
3: Yes, very much, thank you. What are we going to do this afternoon? Oh, I suppose you want to go to Innsbruck?
2: Uh, later, darling, probably this evening. I thought the trip to Innsbruck was urgent. Well, no, it can wait. I'm not even sure that it's necessary.
3: You mean that it might be a trap?
2: <laughs> oh, what's your opinion? You appear to have pretty definite opinions these days.
3: <laughs> well, if it was a trap of some kind, I don't see why any. should... simple.
0: Uh, yes? A telegram, sir. Oh, thank you. Oh, good. (laughs) That's all right. No reply? No, thank you. Oh, thank you, sir.
3: Who's that from,
2: Paul? Oh, just a friend of mine.
3: The Inland Revenue, I presume.
2: (laughs) Would you like to see it?
3: Yes, I would. There you are. Munich, door 15. Parcel arrived safely. Kindest regards, Sam. Who's Sam?
2: Short for Samuel James Hinton, Esquire.
3: Hinton. Now,
2: do you remember the young American we met two years ago? We all had lunch together at the Waldorf in New York.
3: Oh, yes, I remember. Very nice man. He was with you, no?
2: Yes, well, he isn't any longer. He's working for the Americans now in Munich.
3: But what's all this about a parcel? Did you send him a parcel?
2: <laughs> Steve, you're asking far too many questions today. <laughs> well, they don't
3: seem to be getting me anywhere. I'm getting very poor answers. <laughs>
2: Two dry martinis, please. Very good, sir. Oh, uh, waiter, do you know a street called
1: Brigenstadt? In Innsbruck, sir? Uh, Yes, in Innsbruck. Oh, no, sir. I've never heard of it. I've lived in Innsbruck all my life, but I've never heard of Brigenstadt.
3: Would there be a district of that name, or perhaps a village nearby?
1: Mm, No, madam. Of course, uh, there is a telephone exchange called Brigenstadt. A telephone exchange? Yes, sir. Ah, thank you, waiter. Thank
2: you, sir. I ought to have thought of that, Steve. Wait here, darling. There's a telephone box over there. I'll be back in a moment. All
6: right. Hello?
2: Is that three 37?
6: Yes, that's right that speaking?
2: My name is Paul Temple.
6: Oh, yes, Mr. Temple. I've been expecting to hear from you. Perhaps you would care to make a note of this address? Yes. Winterstrasse 16.
2: Winterstrasse 16?
6: Yes. Winterstrasse 16, Mr. Temple.
0: Oh. Uh, Hello? Hello?
3: Certainly get around, Mr. Harper.
0: Oh, I frequently visit other branches, Mrs. Temple. That's part of my job.
3: I see. Oh, here's Paul. Oh,
2: hello, Harper. What brings you to Innsbruck?
0: Business. I'm having dinner with one of our accountants. Oh, I see. By the way, is there any news of Betty Conrad?
2: No, I'm afraid not. As a matter of fact, the whole business seems to get more complicated. Indeed? Yes. I don't suppose you've heard, but June Jackson, Betty's roommate, has disappeared.
0: June Jackson? Good heavens, this is terrible. But tell me, didn't she leave a note or anything? No, nothing. That poor woman who runs the school, Mrs. Weldon, must be distracted.
2: She's certainly very upset.
0: Temple, tell me, what do you think's behind all this? Why were these girls abducted? It's a question of money. Has anyone asked for a ransom? Not to my knowledge. And we can't be sure that the girls were abducted. But Betty liked the place. She adored it. Why should she run away?
3: Well, perhaps she was lured away by
0: someone. Yes, but why? That's the point. I just don't understand it. Don't you, Harper? No.
2: Well, uh, if you'll excuse us.
0: Yes, yes, of course. There's my man just coming in. Uh, phone me if there's any news, Mr. Temple. Yes, yes, of course. Goodbye, Mrs. Temple. Goodbye. Mm.
3: He certainly seemed upset about June Jackson, didn't he?
2: Yes. Um, waiter. Yes,
1: sir.
2: Perhaps you will be kind enough to give me a little more information. I'm now looking for a street called Winterstrasse. Ah,
1: Winterstrasse.
2: You know it? Oh, yes, yes, of
1: course. It's a little way out of town, sir, so on the south side.
3: Just as well we left the car around the corner. Oh, it's an awful road. Well,
2: it should be called ghastly and not <laughs> pinchless Street. <laughs>
3: really? <laughs> I wonder why it's so deserted. I suppose the houses are occupied.
2: Can you see the number of this house? Well,
3: this one's twelve. The next fourteen.
2: Ah, 16. Yes, this is it.
3: Well, there's a car turned the corner at the bottom of the road. I thought this was a cul-de-sac.
2: Yes, so did I.
3: Oh, Paul, that light!
2: What the devil is he doing? It's like a searchlight. It's... Steve, get down! Oh, get God. down, darling! Ah! Oh. Oh, oh. Steve, you hurt? Paul! Steve, you oh. all right?
3: Yes, it yes, I'm all right. What about you?
2: I'm all right, dear. Not a scratch. Oh. I just don't see how they missed us, Steve. It's quite extraordinary. I just don't see how he could have missed us.
3: I oh, did, thank goodness. What are you looking for?
2: Just looking at the door on the stonework. There's no sign of a bullet mark anywhere.
3: Well, what
2: does that prove? It proves that the man in the car deliberately aimed very wide. Or...
3: Or what, darling? By
2: Timothy, Steve, I've got it. He was using blanks. my key, please. Certainly,
1: sir. Here's your key, Mr. Timbrough. Thank you. And have you seen Countess Decker? Countess Decker? No. She was here a few moments ago asking for you, sir. This is the second time she's called this evening. I think
2: you'll probably find her in the lounge, Mr. Timbrough. Oh, I see. Well, thank you very much. I'm so sorry to have kept you waiting, Countess. I'm afraid I wasn't expecting you.
7: No, of course not. I came on the off chance. Oh, oh, good evening, Mrs. Temple. Good evening. Mr. Temple, I hate to trouble you. I know you're frightfully busy, but something rather unusual has happened. I think you ought to know about it.
2: Oh, well, go on, Countess.
7: This afternoon I went shopping in Garnish. I parked my car in the usual place. When I got back to the car, I found this envelope on the driving seat.
2: Thank you. Hmm, No name on it, I see. No. I suppose it was intended for you.
7: I really don't know. And what was inside it? This ring and this cocktail stick, like the one Mr. Temple found in June Jackson's room last night. Hmm.
2: Have you seen this ring before?
7: No, but I was speaking to Mrs. Weldon on the phone and I described the ring to her. She said it must be June Jackson's. June Jackson's? Yes. But if the ring is June's, why should anyone leave it in my car? Perhaps it was intended as a clue, or possibly a message of some kind. But why in my
2: car? It could have been a mistake, of course.
7: Yes, but somehow I don't think it was.
2: Have you told Mr. France about this? Yes. And what did he say?
7: He told me to get in touch with you.
2: Did Mr. France know that you were going into Garmisch this afternoon?
7: Why, yes, of course. Why do you ask that?
2: Well, leave the ring and the cocktail stick with me. I'll have a word with Inspector Breckshaft about it. I shall probably be seeing him tomorrow morning.
7: Yes. All right, Mr. Temple. I'm sorry to have troubled.
2: Not at all. Thank you very much for calling.
3: <sighs> what time is it, Paul?
2: Nearly nine o'clock.
3: Your bearded razor woke me.
2: Oh, we should have been up hours ago.
3: Why don't they fit those things with silences? Those...
2: Ah, I can't imagine why. It's a lovely day, darling. Come on, get up.
3: What? No tea?
2: No, not yet. Any minute now, I should think.
3: Oh, what day is it today, Paul?
2: It's Friday. The eighteenth.
3: Friday the eighteenth. Oh. What are we doing today?
2: Well, I'd rather like to go over to Oberammergau again. To the hotel? Hmm. I thought we might run over for lunch.
3: Why? Do you want to see the Gunters?
2: Well, actually, I want to take another look at that photograph.
3: Which photograph?
2: The one in the small lounge. The photograph of Fritz Gunter that was taken on the film set.
3: Why on earth did you want to see that? Ah,
2: Here's our tea. Come in. Oh,
3: Good morning. Would you put the tray down by the dressing table, please? They're very busy today. Do you think we'll get a table? It
2: looks a little doubtful.
3: We should have telephoned.
2: I particularly didn't want
3: to do that. Sure, the Gunter...
2: Steve, Gunter's just caught sight of us. Mm -hmm. Listen, I want you to sneak into the small lounge and take
1: a look at the photograph I told you about. There's a date on it. I want to know what it is. All right. Why, Mr. and Mrs. Temple, I am delighted you should honor us again so soon. Well, it was such a lovely morning, we were tempted to go out for a drive. Of course. Shall we go into the cocktail bar?
3: Uh, would you excuse me a moment?
1: Uh, oh, yes, yes, of course, darling. We'll be in the cocktail bar. Scope room's on the first floor, Mrs. Temple. Thank you. Your very good health, Herr Gunther. Thank you, Mr. Temple, and yours too, sir. Mm. Bye, Timothy. I needed that. Mr. Temple, I have been meaning to ask you... That message I gave you, the one over the telephone, uh, was it uh, all right? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm afraid there was a little misunderstanding. Oh, I'm so sorry. What was the trouble? Well, it turned out that Brigenstadt wasn't a street after all. It was a telephone exchange. A telephone exchange, but of course. Oh, that was very stupid of me. I'm so sorry, Mr. Temple. No, oh, that's all right. We managed to get it sorted out. Ah, here's my wife. Oh, come and sit down, Mrs. Temple. I've ordered you a dry martini. Is that all right?
3: Yes, perfect, thank you, Herr Gunther. Is Mrs. Gunter here today?
1: Yes, we are rather what you say, short-handed. Yes, that's right, Uh short-handed. We are rather short-handed, so my wife is doing a little supervising in the kitchen, just to make matters worse. (laughs) (laughs) Which reminds me, I think perhaps I ought to go and have a word with her. Will you excuse me? Of course. I'll see about your table, Mr. Thank you. Well,
3: it's gone, Paul.
2: What do you mean, gone?
3: The photograph. It's not in the room. You sure? Absolutely sure.
2: It was in the far corner, on the wall, Yes, the other... I
3: know, darling, but it's gone. It's been replaced by a very colourful photograph of the ski-jump at Garmish.
2: Has it? Has it, by Timothy?
3: Have you seen those postcards I bought at Oberammergau? Mm. Oh, here they are. I want to send one to Charlie. What time does the post go?
2: From the hotel. Uh, about six, I think.
3: What shall I say to Charlie?
2: Um, lovely weather, mm-hmm. wonderful views, delightful country. Yes. Back soon.
3: Back soon?
2: Mm, keep him on his toes.
3: <laughs> yes. Paul? <laughs> mm-hmm? Why were you so interested in that photograph at the Hotel Royman?
2: Unfortunately, I didn't make a note of the date on it the first time I saw it.
3: Oh. But why are you interested in the date?
2: I want to know exactly when the photograph was taken. Once I know that, I can easily find out which studio it was and the name of the film.
3: Yes, but where will that get you? After all, we know that Fritz Gunter was an actor. I fail to see that.
6: Oh,
3: I'll go. Good
6: evening. Good evening, Mrs.
3: Temple.
6: Okay, Herr darling. Oh, uh, come in, Breckshaft. Oh, forgive me for coming straight up to your home, Mr. Temple, but I'm afraid I have some news for you. Bad news. You found Betty Conrad? Yes, She's dead.
3: Oh, dear.
6: We found her body in a field near Schreidenstine. Schreidenstein, That's Countess Decker's place. Yes, yes. The body was about two miles from the house. It's not surprising we haven't found it before. It was covered with leaves and debris. Her face was battered. A coat had been pulled over her head. It had obviously been a struggle. Oh, poor girl. Was it a blue coat by any chance? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was a blue coat. How did you come to find her? We had an anonymous telephone call about an hour ago. It was a man's voice. He told us exactly where it was. I see. And uh, what time was it when you found the body? Oh, about four thirty, five o'clock.
2: You've no idea how long she'd been lying there?
6: No, no, I haven't got the medical report yet. Uh, I shall get it as soon as I get back to the office. I see. Well, thank you, Bregshaw, for letting me know about this. If only we had some idea of what this was all about, Mr. Temple. If only we knew what the motive was. You've telephoned the school. Uh, not yet, Mrs. Temple. And Countess Decker? Uh, no, no, I haven't seen the Countess, but I shall have to, of course, since the body was virtually found on her property. Mm, I shall be interested to hear how she reacts when she does see you. I'll telephone you later this evening, if I have any more news. Thank you. Uh, good night, Mrs. Temple.
3: Good night, Herbert.
6: Good night. Good night, Mr. Temple.
3: Yeah. Paul, couldn't this murder have been prevented?
2: Steve, I tried. I did everything I could. I even...
3: Go on, darling.
2: I don't think you realise it, Steve, but... I've been working like mad to prevent a second murder.
3: A second murder?
2: Yes, but don't ask me for the... De- it's all right. I'll take it. Hello? Hair Temple? Yes?
5: I have a personal call for you from London. From
6: Sir Graham Ford.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, Put him on, please. It's Sir Graham, darling.
6: Hello,
2: Temple? Hello, Sir Graham. Temple,
6: can you hear me? Yes. I've got some
2: news for you. Yes, I've got some news for you too, Sir Graham. Betty Conrad's dead. Dead? Yes, they found her body about an hour ago. She was murdered.
6: Temple, are you all right?
2: Yes, of course I'm all right. What
6: the devil are you talking about? Betty Conrad's alive. What? She's here now in my office. Sitting opposite me.
1: That was A Visit to Innsbruck, the fourth episode of the Francis Durbridge serial Paul Temple and the Conrad Case, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. As Herr Breckschaft, you heard Geoffrey Siegel, with Virginia Winter as Mrs. Weldon and Dorothy Holmes-Gore as Madame Klein. Production by Martin C. Webster for the BBC.